This is The Final Score, episode 170 for September 3rd, 2014, 2014. everybody welcome back to the final score this is the video game podcast for the rest of us i'm scott johnson that's brian dunaway hello brian hi scott johnson you know what i've been doing uh let me hold on let me just take a wild guess hold on a second let me compose myself right playing some video games nope i've been at dragon con oh. and i'm playing all video games that's right you've been busy you guys ran the uh you and nicole ran the podcast track over there Right, got uh, to see all the, uh, got to see a lot of the frog panthers. They were there, had a lot of fun. Did you pretty much have uh, Tom Merritt on every possible panel possible? Oh dear Lord, Tom Merritt and Veronica Belmont, uh, they love to be on the panels. And Justin yeah. Robert Young too, man. He was he was all over the place. Yeah, he loves it. He's he's into that. Give him some stage time. He'll take it. He'll eat it. Brian Brushwood, Nicole was there. Speaking of Nicole, yeah, she's not here. She's uh, she's feeling under the weather from the trip. Uh, which can happen, you know, four days in Atlanta, everyone's all sweaty and gross in their costumes. They're walking between hotels and giving each other their diseases. I mean, this is how it goes. Right. Oh, I made so many mistakes. I mean, so many. I would be I'd be walking along, like having a good time. And I realized I'm just rubbing my hand along the handrails. Just rub my hand. Yeah, that's the worst. Because then you touch Picking your up. face and then, oh, dude, right? the diseases. You ever, the, you ever play that game? Uh, was it Pandemic? What's, what's that game that they have on yeah, the Yeah, Pandemic, the right? Is that it? Pandi- pandemic? Yes, yeah, right. Exactly. Or- it's on Steam as well. Uh, yeah, something Dick. Pan, pan, pan Pandora. Pandem- and so pandemic, yeah, every epidemic, something. Right. Every time I every time I do that, I always think, oh man, I've just lit up this whole state. Yeah. For uh, for death. Yeah. And that's good. That's touched. good. Bring it back, to South Carolina. Spread it around a little bit. Help right. help other people's immune systems grow as yours diminishes. Over, we got over some time. immunities. Uh, here's the other deal, just in the way of uh, programming notes. Uh, I keep meaning to mention this every week, and I never remember to do it. If you want to listen to us record this show live, we record it on Wednesday afternoons. Now, sometimes it's at 5 p.m. Mountain Time. Sometimes it's at 4 p.m. Mountain Time, but usually right around there. So keep your eye on our Twitter account, at TFS Show. And if you want to watch it live, you can go to frogpants.com slash live, and there's a chat room link and like an embedded IRC channel or information to set up your own client, whatever you want to do. Uh, you said IRC channel, I, and you dropped out for a second. All I heard was C channel, and I was C like, channel, "What's you the know, C the channel. channel? You ever been to the, the C, C channel? channel? Oh, it's a hell of a thing. The C uh, channel. Uh, so yeah, here we are. Let's talk about games. I played a, I played some. I have stuff. You played some. You, yeah. played some, you, were, you were home. I did. Games. Hey, what are you playing? <laughs> played a bunch of. <laughs> sounds like a broken record. But I played a lot more Diablo three on both PS4 and PC. No, wait, what's this Diablo 3 you're yeah, playing? Yeah, no, the first is, time ever you've heard me mention it, right? What is that exactly? Uh, it's, a, it's a little mom-and-pop operation, small game by an indie developer. Uh, came out of nowhere, and uh, it's uh, it's basically... Uh, did you did you get your soul patch? Did you get your soul patch updated? Did you like, get that? It's like Diner Dash with... Uh, no, yeah, I did get the soul patch. Uh, the 2.10 soul patch. Which you, by the way, you coined that, and I think it's the best name for that patch. <laughs> I don't know why they didn't do that. That seems like a great idea. Just call it the soul uh. patch. Um, <clears throat> the game uh, remains rad. I think it's uh, one of the great turnarounds in gaming history for a game that I already liked in its original form, but got so much better when they updated it to 2.0, and then later with the expansion. 
Um, and then since there's been great content since, and that console version is just awesome. Uh, people I know who normally don't like these kinds of games at all are completely enamored and hooked on it and can't stop playing it. Right. It's uh, it's a real feat. I like it a lot. What's this? I'm on the Diablo site. Yeah, uh, which is Battle.net, and I'm, well, I'm there. You can go to Diablo.com. I think it forward you there or something. Right, right. And I'm looking at it. I see this this green leaf, and it says Season One now live. Yeah. So want me is, to explain? Yeah. So explain that to me. Is that sure. is that is that just the Diablo show? What is that? No. So here's how that works. That's funny you say that because a few people have been confused about that because I do that uh-huh. show in seasons and then they announce the season feature in the game and now it's a little confusing. Um, season of the Witch. Remember that? Yeah, it was the stupid, uh, terrible Cage. film. Yeah, it was awful. Yeah. Oh, so bad. Uh, gosh, I don't want to think about that movie again. <laughs> um, yeah, so the way that the seasons work is you start a new... Ca- they started last Friday. That was the, the launch day for the seasons. The patch came out right. a few days before that. And... You start a new character, fresh, no gold, no shared resources with your other characters you may have. I mean, I've got like, I don't know, 50 million gold and, you know, five high-level characters and stuff. But this new guy... I have have zero high-level characters and like 20 gold, maybe. (laughs) Yeah, you're not doing real good. So I go in there, you start a new guy. I started a monk because I've never played a monk, so I thought this would be a good one to experiment with. I like um, the monks. monks that's, that's my that's my primary character. He's pretty monks. good. I like it. I'm not a big melee guy normally, um, but I right. do find that I prefer melee on the console, which is a little weird. I do like it there. That is odd. Yeah, I didn't expect that. I prefer ranged on the computer, and I prefer uh, uh, that on the. Com- Maybe it's because I can just yeah. get right up in there and mash buttons and just ha- hack into dudes. I don't know. Right, right. That's oh, so well done. Anyway, point is. Uh, there's the dude. There's my guy, and you start him at level nothing with zero anything. He's got to start fresh. And your goal for a lot of people is to see how quickly you can do it, to be world first on how quick you can level one of these guys to 70. Um, And the season lasts for, I forget what it was. Uh, It says that two months, three months, is it? Uh, Let's see. I'm looking at the website now. It says seasonal hero, you know, so you can get your seasonal hero, I guess, for your Halloween. Yeah. Uh, they're optional, and uh, it doesn't really say uh, how long. I guess this three months. Maybe just from going to say maybe just season to season. So maybe we got kind of like a fall season now. We have like a. They might do it in quarters. That's a good point. Like yeah. just the quarterly uh, breakdown of the year. I don't know, but right, right. But there's no connection to actual. You know, there's no autumn or fall motif here. It's just you're playing this dude as fast and furious as you can. I'm playing it only and exclusively with Ralph and Matt uh, Ralph. Dark, Dark Anders because. Uh, I, I just really wanted to play it that way, but it's with friends and we've been streaming it and we're already level 24 and we only played three, one, three hour session for so far and got to 24, which is pretty rad. Um, I'm in, I'm not the kind of player that's going to be able to compete in the whole, like who gets there first thing. So what I'd rather do, because the other advantage of this thing is there are a bunch of perks, uh, legendary, uh, gear and some other stuff, these conquests that are only available in the season play. So there are other reasons to accomplish a season or to get as high as you can during a season. The other part that's cool is when you're done, all that stuff, including the character and any gold you earned, rolls over into the larger pool, which is your shared account with all your money. You have now have that high-level character to play with anytime you want. You get to keep the stuff that were only available in Season 1, things like that. Um, it's a different way of playing, and it's kind of not unlike uh, Hearthstone does this with their ranked play. Basically, you play ranked for however long it is, and then you know it resets every quote-unquote season, if you will. 
Um, it's a it's a new, just kind of a new and different way to play, and that combined with the other content in this thing, the greater rifts, uh, the refinement to certain systems and stuff, is just a really really nice update. That stuff is coming to console, but not day and date, so I don't know when that update hits the console. My guess is probably another few weeks is my guess. Right, right. Um, it's really strong. Just remains good, and I cannot remember the last time. You know what? I'm going to say this is the first time where I simultaneously was interested in playing the same game on two platforms concurrently. Like, I'm not having a problem going, you know what, let's play a little uh, console Diablo, and I'm not going, oh, I'd rather just be on the PC. Like, I am cool switching around. Right, And right. I'm enjoying it in both places for different reasons, but enjoying it nonetheless. So, anyway, game's great. It, 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 it looks it. great. And, you know, I've, <clears throat> I've been into the, uh, I don't know why, but I've been into the, into the plush stuff lately. Shut up. Yeah, no, it's okay. And Look, uh, I don't so judge. I'm, looking, I'm not judging you. It's fine. I'm looking here. Is if you've probably seen my microphone, you know, I got my, I got my Domo sock monkey yeah. thing. So, but I'm looking at. They got. I might have to put a new uh, microphone uh, uh, guard up for my microphone. I might have to get this treasure goblin plush they got. Yeah, treasure goblins are great. Oh, that's the other thing that's going on right now. They have a. I think it ends today or tomorrow or something. Thirty dollars though. Yeah, they're expensive. That's, that's some that takes some real world treasure to purchase. I bet I get one by BlizzCon. Purchase then I hate you. You better not. I bet I do. Better not. Um, <clears throat> or at some point I'll probably get one. I mean, I ended up with a bunch of plus use from Nerdtacular I didn't have to give away that are here somewhere. Um, Jerks. But none of them are the uh, the treasure goblin. But uh, right now there's double or 100 percent additional gold find, which means you're gonna get a lot more gold in the game. And right. there are two treasure goblins. Every time you would normally find one treasure goblin, kind of randomly in a in a dungeon or a zone or whatever, there will be two there hanging out. So double the pleasure, double the money, <laughs> double the everything. Uh, that's ends, I think, this week, this weekend. I'm not totally sure on that. I'm totally digging it. Um, digging it. Now, chat, there's a lot of chatter in the chat room again about how can you move your saves around. If you owned a, if you owned Diablo 3 on PS3 or PS, or excuse me, Xbox 360, those saves can move to the newer consoles and it doesn't, and I don't mean just only by brand. Like if you had a 360 and you now have a PS4, those character saves will move to the PS4 or the Xbox One and vice versa. They, they all do it. The only transfers that aren't possible right now are character transfers from console to PC or PC to console. That makes sense. I kind of understand why they do it, and it's okay with me. However, I would love this one feature. Check this out. Check out the idea on Scott because it's pretty good. I'm go for it. All they need to do is say, "Look, if you tie your console game, which you can do in the game, if you will, if you tie that to your BattleNet account, uh, they sh- that you. that and you can do that now. That function should go check your BattleNet account and go. Oh, he's got a bunch of high level seventies. He's beat the game multiple times, or he's beat it once is enough. Let's go right. ahead and unlock adventure mode and rifts and stuff for him now. Let's give him the option. He can play the story if he wants to." But unlock all that, just like new characters on the PC. If I want to play a new guy now, I don't have to go and do the story again. I can just go right. level up through grouping and you know through bounties and through rifts. So let me do that on the console because the console recognizes my PC save. Now, I realize there's not a ton of crossover. Like This isn't a problem for a lot of people, but I would really, I, w- I personally would really appreciate it. Now, I'm enjoying that story again, and I'm playing with the kids solely on the console with these characters. I'm not playing with anybody else. I want... I want this to be kind of our time. Um, And we would probably still do that, but I would love the option to say, you guys want to do the next couple levels, just, you know, let's go do some bounties, clear out a couple of towns. The the kids would love that. Oh, totally. That's what I want. 
shared Paragon levels, Robbie, is a great idea because that seems like not a hard translation between console to PC. I mean, there's a lot of things they could do. Um, but I'm not convinced they'll do either or any shared of those things. Shared Paragon. I, I know. Don't right? Shared Paragon, baby. Uh, let's see what else. Velocity on the PS4. It's a PS Plus membership free game. It's normally $19.99. Right now it's on sale. Or may, it's $7.49, right? Oh, $7.49 for the, for the Vita. Oh, I think. Vita version. Okay, yeah. I thought Vita it was version. cross-play, but I could be wrong. I thought it might I, be. I thought I saw 19. Usually the same price, so that's weird. But you might you might be right. I just see you can try the demo. It says playable in the PS Vita, and yeah. I I went to the store. You should try and, and tell uh, me what you think. I'm I'm super. Um, I got a free, so you know, there's no complaints about the price because right. it's this month's free game. But it looks it, pretty jazzy. I don't. I like it's it. it's a really cool look, and it sounds great. And there's some of that stuff going for it. I think the gameplay's kind of not great. Really, I, I'm super disappointed. I really wanted this to be awesome, and I'm not enjoying it like I thought. Now, I is this the this is Velocity Ultra, right? Is uh, that- well, I don't know because there's Velocity. I don't know. Is it Ultra on both? I have no idea. I've only played PS4 so far, right? So it could be something different on the Vita. Um, mm. I just I don't know. I just felt underwhelmed and kind of didn't want to play it anymore. I tried, right? And I love listen. I love sci-fi. I love uh, shooters. I love some of the stuff they're doing in there with the platforming. Like all of those elements are cool. I just, I don't know. It's just not doing it for me. No, it's just it's native PlayStation Three, so I could pick this up for nine ninety nine on my PS Three still, because oh, I don't have a Vita. Why is it nineteen ninety nine on a PS Four? That's weird. They hate you. Well, I mean, I got it for free, so they must like me a little. Right. Well, maybe they just like to. You know, maybe they just like to say, "Hey, the value is fourteen I, I guess. I don't know. Maybe that could be what they're doing. Right. I don't know. It's just uh, I'll give it a little more time because I realize, you know, sometimes games you got to kind of get your head around them longer to go. Oh, I see what they're trying to do here or whatever. But so right. far, I am sadly un- unimpressed with what I'm saying. Sadly, so it's a dual stick shooter, right? Is that no, sort of. No, not in the traditional sense. It's it's right. weird. It's got this. I guess I should it's explain. Very, it's that. very it's very colorful. It looks like it's it looks kind of like you're looks like you're kind of flying through maybe uh some. Uh, I don't know. Kind of like I don't know what you even how to describe it. It looks kind of like you're inside the insides of a Star Trek Enterprise or something. Maybe kind of a little flying bit. around in the innards. Sorta. Of. There's other parts where you're actually a lady and you're running. What? Um, yeah, it's weird. It's got a weird what? switch over. And actually, I kind of like that stuff the most, um, which struck me as weird because I think the core of the game is the is the ship stuff. But it's weird because you use one of the trigger buttons on the controller uh, R1 right. and R2. You can choose which R2, one. R2. R2. Beep, beep, beep. You hold that down to accelerate. And it accelerates the screen forward. But with the left stick, you can move your dude around in space, uh, in whatever space around. you can move around in while that's happening. But right. the screen only moves forward when you hold down the acceleration button. If you don't hold that down, it's always moving forward kind of slowly. So eventually, if you don't do what you're supposed to do, your ship's going to crash or die. Because the other mechanic is take... The X or sorry, the square button. Move this. Hold down the square button. Move this stick into one of the open spaces to the left, right, forward, or whatever. Then let square go of the square button. button, and then you teleport into this new little slot. Right. Um. By By the way, I just realized, and I'm surprised the chat room hasn't already called us out on it already. Uh, Velocity Two X is the sequel to Velocity Ultra, which is what I was looking at. I didn't see a lady. I saw something uh, totally different. So I'm looking at what you're looking at now. Yeah, I never saw and, that. I never, you know, yeah, that person. looks. It looks nothing like what I was describing. So yeah, yeah. it's go. okay. It's it's probably okay for some people. I just I don't know. It just wasn't doing it. I could not get in the groove. 
Didn't feel right. Something didn't feel right. But I'll tell you what does feel right. Also on the PlayStation uh, Plus thing, PS Vita to be specific, also PS3, they are giving away uh, Joe Danger for free this month. Ooh, I had a lot of fun with that. I love Joe Danger. I love the first one. I thought the second one was really good, too. I did not like the mobile versions of Joe Danger. I thought they were weird. Uh, they right. were, they were too endless runnery and not, and they were trying to be all mobily with them and, you know, microtransact them and stuff. And I didn't love that, but I really like the original Joe danger is, is pretty special in my mind. And, uh, that's free right now on Vita. So I downloaded it, played it a bunch just before the show. In fact, had another game cause I came in here early and, uh, I love just finishing every possible challenge on each map. I like the difficulty ramp up. I like the way it looks. Um, these are the, what's funny is these are the no man's sky guys before no man's sky. Right. Uh, which is so weird. Those couldn't be more different. These projects. Anyway, Joe danger on PS plus, uh, for Vita is totally worth getting. And I'm going to sit in bed tonight and play that till my neck hurts. You're going to sit in bed and play Joe dangler. Yeah. Gotcha. Joe dangler. I, I heard what you said. Yeah. Gotcha. He was my seventies porn name. Right. Uh, also play a little bit of tower fall with the kids also on PS4. Um, but weren't you a little bit scared that it might be just tower defense and you just didn't know it yet? What Towerfall? Yeah. No, I already knew it this well. I've been playing it for months. I bought yeah. it when it came out. No, I knew it this game. This game's awesome. Are you kidding me? This is this is the reason I this has been like months ago. In fact, right. I want to say pre nerdtacular we got this. Now is this is this on the PlayStation, PlayStation as well? Or is four, this? Uh it's also on Steam. I have it there as well. Right, right. Well where where are you playing it? PS4. Okay. So I actually okay. went out to get I bought extra controllers just for that game at the time. And I'm glad because now we use them for Diablo and other things. But that game is the most fun I've ever had. It's still to this day. Competitive four-player couch game. I've yet to play something I had more fun with. And I played a lot of that over the years. I look back fondly on like Micro Machines and Super Smash Brothers and a million other multiplayer-focused games on the couch. GoldenEye, whatever. This is the freaking bomb. Towerfall is so good. And I can't stop playing it. We love it. It's okay. a little tradition at the house. We'll just pop it open right. when we're bored, you know? I'm getting a little confused because I thought Towerfall was just called Towerfall. Is there a Towerfall? It's Towerfall Ascension Towerfall. is the PlayStation Ascension. version, yeah. Right. Because the, the original one was an Ouya game, remember? Exactly. And I was going to say, it looks a little nicer than the one I played because I remember playing it, but these screenshots Yeah, the Ouya version is okay, but they improved a lot on there. Added right. a bunch of stuff and whatever, but uh, it was the Ouya. only good game on the Ouya, really, most people say. <laughs> Right, I can't. So, I can't uh, argue with that. Well, I wouldn't say it's the only good game, but it was definitely one of few, the, one of the, few. the better, better of the games. Yeah, of it'll, all the games, it'll, it'll they, do was, of all the games they ever got, game. it's easily the best one they ever got. Right, right, and it's great on. You could make that argument. It's great on PlayStation. It's great on uh, PC. Although PC version does not have online uh, competitive at all. It's all local right. play, and you know how many people are multiple controllers. I know some do, but that's a rarity on a on a PC. Not everyone has right. that in their living room yet, and all that. Uh, so I wish that had more of that, but, uh, yeah, PS4 version, nothing quite like that experience. So much fun. Nothing, nothing Two players. Great. Fun. Three players. Amazing. Four player is insane. It's just good all the way around. Uh, that's it for me. What'd you play? What the hell's monster loves you? Oh, well you should know because, uh, I was going to gift it to you. Oh, uh, how would I know? And, uh, and you already own it. Oh, I do. Yeah. So I was like, I was like, Oh, cool. So I'm going to just, I'm just going to give Scott Johnson this monster love you because you can pick up the three pack right now. Uh, you can pick up it's, it's the daily deal on uh, Steam, and you can pick up the three pack for four ninety nine, or you can buy one by yourself for two forty nine. And I said, I'll just pick this up for all three of us, and we'll have a good time. Oh, I Let's remember one. this. This is a t- this is a tablet game too. 
It is. It's a tablet game as well as an Android game. Uh, and it was pro- it probably more suited uh, for it. But once again, you know, I like to grab the, the PC version so I can play a little less play. And I'll be doing that this week. I didn't get a chance to play too much into it. But let me tell you, what I did play was fun. Now, some people may say this game is a little bit too mm, juvenile or maybe young adult for someone who is maybe near their 40s. Uh, so... <laughs> It's, but it's 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 a uh, it's a uh, one of those choose your own adventure kind of games. But you you get to play as a monster, and uh, from from the very beginning, you have to make every decision you make in uh, affects what kind of monster you eventually become, and and what kind of uh, uh, not not power, but what kind of uh, how how what's the word I'm looking for? Your your alignment, you know, of, of what kind of monster you'll be, and that can also affect how your character uh, develops or looks. Over time, yeah. do you say you do you remember playing this game? Because it, uh, I do. You're kind I of, kind of have a memory of it. I don't know that I've actually played very much of it. I, right. Maybe I just remember this may have been a Kickstarter or something. There's something more about this game in its I think development. I green. I think it's a green. Was, was it greenlit? Green? Maybe I, I can't. I'm trying to. Remember. I don't even know what that means um, anymore. What does greenlit even mean anymore? Basically, it means that you're developing a game independently of everything else, and you want to get a distribution deal and you would used to just would go straight to steam but now steam has a whole procedure where you go hey man people like us and we've proven ourselves and we've we've got a business plan and and then it gets approved and then it goes through right well so that that's kind of the idea it's kind of playing you're saying it's well it's it's, from what i've played so far it like it's, it's a very simple screen it's very much a tablet game it's very much a tablet game uh, the story is fun and it's got really good humor to it. And you do get to choose your own adventures and you get to choose, uh, how you interact with certain stories. And some of these stories lean very heavily towards the grim fairy tales, kind of morality stories where, uh, you know, you have to decide, you know, the bears come home and, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of, you know, are you going to align yourself with the humans? Or are you going to be purely against the humans and, and that kind of thing? So you find yourself making those choices of, of humanity versus, you know, just give me stuff. Yeah. Kind of using your, you know, your monster humanity. Yeah. Huge manatee. Manatee. So manatees. But you you have it. I have it I'm as well. Play. I'll play it. I'll check it out. Uh, this came out the day before my birthday last year. So it's been around for a little while. Unfortunately, it's only single player. I would really love to get online with you guys and just, I mean, the, since the since the graphics are pretty light and since there's not a lot of animation in it mm. i would love to get online and just play with you guys a little bit and well, we could all like we could all make choices together wait, you know what it I mean? has it has multiplayer or no it, and it does not but oh. i'm saying like if we did like a google hangout oh, or something oh, oh, oh. Gotcha. and one of us could be one of us could be you know uh projecting what's going on the other we could all make decisions together i think this would make an excellent card game projectile I, vomiting project projectile gaming Ooh, kind like of a little that. bit of a Maybe a little couch play of some sort would be nice. You know what I mean? So you're yeah. not really not really co-oping per se. No one else is really controlling, but one person's kind of controlling. That's how my friend played uh, Resident Evil 1 with me. I just sat and played it while he told me what he, think I should, what he thought I should be doing. Right. What and, should I be doing yeah. now? You should be moving and not dying. Move. How, how do I kill these sharks that are floating in this Ooh. thing? How do I... Uh, yeah, that game. Right. That game. I was having nightmares about that game the other day. Not because it's scary. But because no. the save system sucked, he had to collect those typewriter ribbons. Do you remember that? Yes, I do. Oh, I hated it. You it, didn't hate no, it. No, I loved it then, but now I look back and go, that was oppressive. That should have been better. It was better. oppressive. 
All right. Uh, tell me about the game I'm never going to play, which is oh, Five Nights at Freddy's. You don't know if you're never going to no, play I'm it. No, I'm never okay. playing that game. Not a chance. <laughs> it's one of those. It's one of those paranormal kind of make you jump games. It's a scary right? as hell game, is what it is. It is. It is, it is very. Uh, it is very jump worthy. Um, you've, you've, obviously, you've probably watched some video footage, and I've seen a lot of the YouTube gamers playing it. And uh, my oldest, Andrew, was the one who said, "You really need to get this." And I was like, "Well, let me see." And it's like, "Oh, yeah, look, it's on sale." Yeah, perfect. So I picked it up for under five bucks. Uh, I think this is also just was released on uh, the Android store as well. So not only can you get it on Steam, which is fine because this game is very simple mechanics. All you're really doing is you're a night shift worker that works from 12 a.m. to 6 a.m. at kind of a pseudo Chucky Cheese's Freddy Fazbear. So you're kind of like at this Chuck E. Cheese kind of place that has uh, anim- animated uh, bears and ducks and different animals. And during the daytime, you know, they're, they're all lively and perform. But at nighttime... Between 12 a.m. and 6 a.m., you're the security guard who is responsible for making sure these guys. There's no way. Kind of. Not a chance. Right. They. They. The. So the. The Freddie and and his and his animatronic friends. They. Uh. They roam around. Uh. The. The. Um. The restaurant at nighttime so that their servos don't lock up. Uh. So what you're in charge of is being a security guard and you have very limited abilities. You're in this little security room and the only interaction you really get is a prior employee uh, comes on and kind of gives you advice on what you should be doing. And that advice is in the form of you should be watching the security cameras for where the uh, animatronics have moved to and they can move through rooms, through different rooms. And of course the camera's all creepy and crap because it's all fuzzy and got all the noise and everything. Yeah. And uh and the only action only actions you really have to do is observation and then when they get if if the if the animatronics get closer to your room, yeah. they could they could get you and they will uh uh confuse you with a uh a servos that need to be put inside of a stuffed bear. Yeah. As a consequence, they will destroy you and kill you no i don't i so, don't want to play that i don't want to play that it's but it's so much fun man no, because no 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 it's you, not you you've only got so much power uh in the system each night and every time you are monitoring the cameras it draws power and when you turn on the little there's like little lights for the the halls that are right next to you and uh so that you can observe once they've disappeared off camera like oh crap where are they at are they right outside the door you can flip on the lights and if you catch them there you're cool because you can shut the door to the security office mm. and you're all right and they'll kind of they'll kind of migrate away a little bit uh but if you miss it they get in the room with you and then all of a sudden you can't shut the door so you start going ching 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 like oh no dude ching 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 and you like you have to wait for it and then there's a big pop up scare and it scares the crap out of you but it's uh it's it's a lot of fun come on scott but for five bucks no uh <laughs> you you gotta you gotta spend five nights uh, i've only especially not doing the whole um what's the, the the it's got oculus support and there's no way in right oh Hell, yes. i'm playing with that on no that would way i might do it minus the helmet with somebody here with me playing with me maybe but i'm a giant right, right. puss when it comes to scary games you know that oh 
totally. And this game would totally freak you out. I couldn't I mean, turn no- the lights off after I played re- or um, <laughs> uh, freaking the first uh, <laughs> Silent Hill on PS1. It's about murdered right. me. I couldn't do it. Totally. And so you've only got to go five nights, right? But it gets increasingly hard each night. And uh, on the if you, if you make it to the fifth night, apparently I don't I don't know this. I have not made it past I think the fourth night. But if you make it past the fifth night, then uh, you go to a special level of hell. Uh, no, it's just a special level. I think it's a little bit probably a little bit more difficult. A sixth night, and then if you finish that sixth night, they unlock it so that you can. Uh, you can do a level editor, mm. which I'm really interested. That's that's the part I really want to get to. You can you can determine the difficulty of the AI, and uh, it's a really simple game, but it is really intense. All right. the, the replayability of, of it, I think, really, unless you have friends over after you get through playing it a couple of times, it's kind of repetitive. Uh, so unless you have somebody come over who you can play it with, it's, it's pretty much a one-trick pony, but it is very good at that trick. Very good. Well, all right then. I don't think I would have as much fun on a tablet though, because there's something there's something awesome about putting a pair of headphones on and Ugh. and being at your big screen and no. and just waiting for it. No, yeah, no, no, bad idea. Uh, you totally around. you you did a let's play not that long ago of uh, the other game that you did not do well. So at. I have a scary game that I'm supposed to play right. or and and played, but lost had all the audio but no video. So oh, yeah. it was a waste of time, and I got to do that again. I told Eric I'd do it again. Because he bought me that game, so I should probably do it. Eric! Um, but yeah, it's uh, I don't do well with these scary games, dude. It's just not you my thing. No, you don't do well. Now, I had, last week I said there was a game that was on my radar. Yeah. And I am trying... Let me let me see. I can go back to our show notes here. Uh, yeah. Ar- Aratana and the Harpy's Feather. Okay. Uh, I did get a chance to play that, but I did not play it for very long because I was immediately turned off by the intro... <laughs> Uh, animation just it looks so it looks so ganky and then i started playing and it and it looks sort of like a platformer but uh the controls were not very good and i don't know the the promotional material looked pretty decent but once i actually started playing it i was just not impressed and i i moved on pretty quickly and i just want to say that i'm sorry for that people it's you right. have to play it yourself if it's on your radar that means now it's it off. could be good or bad and now it's off it's fine right i think that's it's totally just a demo it's i didn't just a demo brian only plays a demo all right, let's do some headlines. Valkyrie needs food badly. I need food. Before we do a headline, though. Headlines. I'm going to add Dan to the call. Dan, Dan Fielding? Dan, just realize this doesn't say which Dan it is. It just will take any Dan. Any Dan will do. Any Dan will do. Any dapper Dan will do ya. Let's pull him in here and do that stuff, because why the hell not? Hold on a second. Ladies and gentlemen, let's join uh, Dan on the line and talk about some tabletop gaming. Gosh dang it. That's hey. right, man. I'm here to infuse some life into this podcast. You guys seem so depressed that I know Nicole's got oh, here. So yeah. when there's no to make this ladies around, place, it's just so brrr. Part of the problem is I probably shouldn't have run two miles before I recorded the show. <laughs> now yeah, I'm that'll ham- do it. I'm hammered, tired, and then now, and you know what's making it worse? That room over here outside my office is about to be filled with about 90 ladies. We were all here for a wedding shower for my daughter, and I am I am going to come down. Here's what I'm going to do. When we're done here, I'm going to sneak past them all. I'm going to shower, assuming nobody's in there. I'm going to change. I'm going to sneak back down here, and I'm going to play Diablo until my eyes are red. 
that's how this night's going right to go. There. Yeah, that's how this night's going to end. Anyway, Dan, it's always See if you can hit forty in one night. <laughs> right, you up to like twenty-two. You said, uh, yeah, exactly. So yeah, just keep hitting it. I keep hitting it. Uh, speaking of hitting it, Dan hits it each each Cheech and Chong every Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> he hits it each time, and we talk about uh, wow, board Scott, games. Have you been in my house lately? No, I have <laughs> not, sir. I have not. Dan is quite the uh, dude, though, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, but he does talk about board games, and we love those. And so I bet you've got some to talk about now. Oh, yes, I do. I actually really liked what we did last week. He gave me a little bit of homework, which actually made me think a little bit. It was actually pretty cool. He asked me to find you a roguelike yeah. in board games, which is actually a pretty cool thing because I didn't want to just go for you know dungeon crawlers because there's some really good dungeon crawlers if that's what you want to do. Like they have the uh, Watsi has the Castle Ravenloft, Wrath of a Shardalon, and the Legend of Drist. They're Wait, all Castle Shartanon, Shart Shartanon, Shartanon. Uh, Wrath of a Shardalon. Hmm. It's, oh, a, it's okay, actually okay. really tough, a uh, little uh, dungeon crawler. But all three of those are really cool because you, you everybody gets a character, it's co-op, and there's different scenarios inside the game that you kind of go into the board with, and, and you're just kind of going around. It's kind of like playing a little bit of D&D without having all the books and everything else. Like Everything's right in front of you. There's miniatures that go in there. And those are actually fun, but... To be a roguelike, you need to be quick. Those games can take an hour and a half to two hours, and it's got some setup. Somebody's got to know all the rules and everything. The game I picked out for you guys is called um, Gauntlet of Fools. Ooh, I like this. (laughs) It's by Donald X Vaccarino. It actually was on Kickstarter. Vaccarino? This is a while ago. (laughs) Yep, Vaccarino. He actually did uh, a game called Dominion, which was really the first deck-building game. He was kind of the father of deck building. Oh, um, yeah. Dominion's uh, widely... Uh, I have that game. People love that game. Oh, yeah. It's real, real good. Yeah. Um, but Gauntlet of Fools is a game where you're basically... You've got a, a stack of 50 uh, monsters that are in the dungeon, and you're kind of going into the dungeon. What you do is you, you're putting out three sets of... Uh, you got heroes and a weapon that goes with them. And then you've got some six-sided dice. Now, in order to pick one of those weapons or, or people, uh, you have to boast. Like, you want to say, okay, I want to take the monk uh, with a bow. And then somebody else goes, well, if you're going to take the monk, monk with a bow, I can do that while blindfolded. And now there's a little table there that has a little bit of boat, what they call boasts. So you've got things like blindfolded, hungover, without <laughs> breakfast, with an arm tied behind breakfast. my back. And each one of those boasts actually gives you a penalty. So if you did a blindfolded, you actually get a, a penalty uh, to the gold that you would get and you can't dodge the monsters. So there's a stack of 50 monsters. And basically the whole game, you're going to die. It's just a matter of when. Mm, right, right. So right. each time you're kind of looking for the best combo there, but then each person can kind of up each other with the bow. So if you're going to be like with one hand tied behind your back, when you're rolling dice, ones and twos won't count on those dice to go. And each monster has a threshold that you've got to go towards. All right. So it's kind of like a bluffing, you know, it's kind of like who's going to blink first in the game. Yeah, so, it's creating some really interesting uh, random chance, too, as well, uh, just by having that mechanic in there. It, do you feel like when you, okay, let's say a game goes to fruition, all right? Say we mm-hmm. played a, whatever whatever a game constitutes. It's basically when, when everybody's dead, that's one whole game. You count up the money and you see who wins, which you're looking at does 20, any, 30 minutes max. Does anything carry over to the next round or is it all gone? You start over fresh. Generally, everything's all gone. However, you could house rule this and make a variant where you get to keep one item to the next. You know, you have to pay a certain amount of your gold to keep an item to to go on to the next. See, that's a kind of interesting because what you're seeing in video game uh, roguelikes now is that kind of thing where right. they're like, all right, we'll use your gold to buy a thing that will carry over in the next round that you wouldn't have had otherwise. 
and potentially everybody who's in this thing will have gold at the end. Um, yeah, that's why I was trying to figure out a good game that had kind of had that rogue legacy feel where you just kind of start all over. Yeah. Like there, there's games where if your guy dies, you just get another guy. Yeah. But generally, none of your equipment really kind of stays over. Interesting. So I'm looking this at this. This was kind of the. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, no. I was going to say that this is the only thing that has that feel of quick and easy and lighthearted, kind of like that whole roguelike. Yeah. And, just kind of the and fun definitely thing. there's some humor here. And I can see, I mean, I love the art on here. Like all this stuff looks like. Looks finally, like some decent board game art. Thank you, finally. Ooh, look at Brian kicking dirt in the eyes of uh, the game board designers with bad art. Oh, generally, there's not. There's only a few artists that are really, really good right now. Uh, uh, Jackie Davis is an artist that's been really highly touted lately of doing some really good board game art. Uh, there's a game that's uh, it's actually it's on Kickstarter now. It's the only art that I can think of for, for Jackie Davis. It's called Skyway Robbery. Mm. Uh, well. Right, right, and the art is just phenomenal mm. in there. What about, and, uh, what about John Kavalik? Um, Kavalik's good. Oh well, he's 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 classic. He's, yeah, he's he, but he has that that same nice style to him, and it's yeah. very stylish uh, to it. You keep know? your keep your eyes peeled. I'm not. I can't say much, but you might see some Scott Johnson art coming up soon on a board game. You better. And also, I just interviewed John Kavalik on uh, Comics Coast to Coast. Oh, to good. Yeah, no, he's he's always he's the man. In fact, the reason I got this gig was because he. Uh, passed it over to me because he had right. he had a bunch of other stuff going on and couldn't bring it on. So he's he meant, he mentioned you in Scott Kurtz. Oh, he did. Well, that's yeah, very nice of him. Did he? Did you use any of those questions I sent you, Dunaway? Yeah, I said. Uh, so he wants to know how big is? No, I didn't ask him. <laughs> how big is what? What were you going to ask? I didn't actually get your emails. I remember waiting for some. Did you? Did you send it on? I didn't ever get anything from you. Yeah, I sent it uh, about six thirty that night, right beforehand. No, so I might just, I might just missed it then. Listen, Mr. Go go to Atlanta and expect to remember everything. I think we'll <laughs> right? forgive you here. Uh, Scott, well, I've got your name out to a couple of uh, publishers. We'll see if uh, if they've got some things coming up because I know a lot of people that do uh, a lot of different Kickstarter projects and some other bigger board game projects that that maybe uh, maybe sending you some emails. We got a bunch of we got a bunch of other emails. Speaking of emails, emails during the week from people like William Bass and a bunch of others who had actual suggestions for other roguelike games. Uh, and I thought I'd just throw them out here as something oh, really? for Go you for to it. even check out if you wanted to. I don't ha- I don't know a lot about these, but other than his description. But um, on board game geek, board game at geek, there's one for Baldrick's Tomb, um, hmm. and he claims that might be exactly what we're looking for. And it's actually a local dude, Baldrick's supposedly. Tomb. So someone here made it. Um, so I'm gonna I don't know. I'm gonna see if I yeah, can. we pull that up on the geek and see. Uh, yeah, see what you think. Years ago. And then there was another game. This has nothing to do with the roguelike thing. Crap, where did I put it? Oh, I wanted to tell you about this. Ah, it's somewhere else. I got to find it. But I got another. I got a game from another local publisher that apparently everyone loves and was curious if you had played it. Now I can't remember the name. Uh, but I'll I'll have that next Wednesday. Um, and uh, we're gonna try to play it between now and then, so I can maybe even report on it. There was another one by um, Plaid Hat Games. It's called Dungeon Run. Yeah, that kind of has that same thing where. Uh, you're you're going into the the dungeon and, and the dungeon is kind of the tiles are flipped over almost like a four X where as you're exploring things are happening. Do any of so these the, do any of these replicate solo play at all or are they all uh, either competitive or co op? You know. Oh well, you can certainly play uh, dungeon run solo. You, most of these most of these dungeon type games you can play solo because there's not really a whole lot of they're, they're mostly co op. Uh, dungeon runs co-op until you get to defeat the big bad. Then it's you're racing out of the dungeon, and then everybody else is trying to kill you before you get out. No, to no. take to, to take the MacGuffin. Basically. Wow. Okay, that makes sense. But yeah, I'm just curious, and I know that the whole point of board games is it's a social game with many people. <laughs> Nobody's making a lot of solitaire games, 
Well, you'd be surprised. Most games nowadays, it's really, uh, it's really kind of a strange twist and you know, change in the whole dynamic of board games where a lot of people are putting out solo variants for their games so that people, you know, if they can't necessarily play with their group but they want to be able to play, that they've got that solo variant that they can do it. Because we do that with Plus, video games in such a natural way. It's like, oh, yeah, right. solo play is a thing in video games, and it always has been and always will be, and here they mm-hmm. are, and here's a solo game. And it has a multiplayer component. It makes sense that, the board, that the, the, as tabletop takes on this renaissance period, it makes sense that they would want to in, you know, integrate some of that. You know what yeah, I like most good ones. Yeah. Oh, go ahead, right, man. right. I'd really love to see um, some solo monopoly. Ugh. See if I could see if I could cheat my see if I could cheat myself out as see, a banker. See how if you now, can, can be Can I give you my my monopoly my monopoly thing? Of course. Okay. Right. Here's the, I'll give you the, the quick rundown on the problem with monopoly. See, we all grew up in monopoly and it's a 50 60 year old game. So it is terrible. However, <laughs> it's not as bad as the, the reason why it's as bad in everyone's mind is because everybody played these home brew variants. Now, I'm sure everybody's heard of free parking. Yeah, I have. Right, with, right. Now, with everybody puts like $500 in free parking, then whenever you put taxes in free park, you know, taxes right, go right. in free parking and you get the money. That is the absolute worst thing you could ever do in it your life. It prolongs the gameplay for by, forever. Oh, yeah. By we, two hours. We did that. Yeah. And, right. and the other thing that people don't realize is that the, the rule when you go somewhere and you decide not to buy a property, yeah. it's supposed to be auctioned. Yeah, it goes up for auction, and that's and that puts a lot so, more pressure on you to to buy because yep. you like, oh, I better buy, or or so and so over here is Mister Spindy Pants is going to buy it, and and think of how quick think think of how quick the uh, the game would go if you are basically auctioning everything and all the you know all the things are gone, all the you know right. properties are gone that quick. Yeah, that's where it's, and, that's where it's supposed now, to be. Now let, they, let me say this real quick, and then I'll, yeah. I want you to finish this thought. But <laughs> oh, okay, um, I was just going to make this comment that. My bro- I just don't want to forget to say it. Speaking of home <laughs> variants, my brother, Matt, my Korean brother, who knew very little English and still has a you know very thick accent, you know, he's still he's still one foot in Korea, one foot in America kind of guy. And uh he's real funny and weird. And he in high school took woodshop and made a chess set or chess board in woodshop for his for his main project that year. And he brought right. it home. And for whatever reason, we just didn't have a lot of money or nobody was thinking about it. But we were just like, well, finally, we have a chessboard. Let's get some cheap plastic pieces and we'll play chess all the time. So he brought home his board. The problem was, and nobody really quite realized it yet, but even then we were willing to just deal with it. He put an extra row of squares on one of the sides, (laughs) (laughs) thus extending the game out, you know, by a whole nother row, which clearly, I mean, completely farts in the face of the rules. Um, and, And if you got good at it, what you were really doing is getting very bad at it because right. you'd go play on a real board. Like I'd go to a friend's house. He's like, let's play chess. Yeah, dude, I play my brother Matt all the time. I'm really good at chess because I'd just be amazing at home. I'm playing on his board. I'm like, oh, yeah, there's a missing row here. None of my <laughs> strategies work. It was the worst thing ever. But it reminds Boy, they got me. got on top of me real fast. Yeah, and it reminds me. I mean, like the Monopoly <laughs> thing is more like, oh, everybody's got a bunch of ideas that change the game. This was like my brother's an idiot. And he put an extra row of wood in there. It was like this hardwired change to the game that ruined me on chess. Like I'll never be a good chess player because of it. Anyway, sorry, Honestly, you were saying that's um, great. No, the last thing for um for Monopoly now, Hasbro has been trying to Hasbro and a couple other companies um have been trying to put out these variants or or other versions that actually change things for the better. There's a Lord of the Rings version of Monopoly where there's actually uh, a ring that's on the board and on one of the dice, I think it's on the one. There's an Eye of Sauron. Every time you roll that. The die or the eye comes out, you move the ring one space around a board. If it ever gets back around to go, the game is instantly over. Oh, that's awesome. Right. But who can touch it? 
Nobody. <laughs> no, but everybody get, wants get, to touch it. You got to say, do you have to have a hobbit it, there to take care of it? For yeah, you, gotta, but he just disappears. That's no good. <laughs> uh, no, I, and all these variant, like all these versions, are they all like that? Like, if you go by the Big Bang Theory of Monopoly, do they have a special uh, tweak here and there, or any of that, or is it just this yeah. Lord of the Rings one? I would doubt it. Um, I, I want to say I hope so, but for the most part, they're all just reskins. Because you know, what's if, the new one? The new uh, the new one that everyone's talking about is the, I think it's Mario or something. Or um, no, no, that's old. Uh, some other N- Nintendo property. Anyway, it would be kind of well, cool. There was a Zelda. It was a big time Zelda one. I think that, that might be what I'm thinking game. of. And if that's true, there's an opportunity to do something fun there to change up the gameplay a little bit. I think that's disappointing that they don't do that. You know. Well, what what about if they did like Monopoly Legacy, like I was telling you about uh, oh, Risk right. Legacy? What if after certain games, if you win, you can rename a property, or you, or maybe you could, uh, you know, you just if a property just completely bombs out and you end up having to, uh, you know, leverage it. Well, maybe in the next game, it's not worth as much as costs less, and you just can't build hotels on those. Right. You know, stuff like that. I'd be down with that. Um, yeah. Who knows? It's weird because you look at these games, and you don't look at it the same as a tabletop experience, like. When you hear tabletop, you go, oh, Seven Kingdoms and uh, Ticket to Ride and uh, uh, Munchkin and a million things. But mm-hmm. nobody thinks Scrabble, uh, Monopoly, Stratego. Like those those are from a different <laughs> – those are your grandpa's board games, you know? <laughs> yeah. So it would be yeah, funny well, to see that – you know, Riding see those... around in his Buick and playing – Well, we're, uh, let me ask you this. Stratego. When you were at Gen Con, were there people on tables playing like straight up Monopoly? I don't know. You know, if you go into the events room, you can find anything in the events room. Like, there'll be events probably for Monopoly. There, there might even be a Monopoly tournament going on over the weekend because there's people that play Axis and Allies, yeah. like real serious people that play Axis and Allies like crazy and, and all those older games. And I'm sure there's probably even uh, like a room for Scrabble and stuff like that. So you see just about all the old stuff. But then you see, you know, you got us playing the Cult of the New on one area. And yeah. I mean, then there's like the world championships of things like, uh, a carcassonne and, and all sorts of things like that that uh that you see more all but right. that event room's got everything next episode of the show here's your homework you don't have all to right, do buddy. this if you find something better but um i would love to explore more of this idea of a of a really strong solo game like what okay. one is either got a variant or is meant to be solo from the get-go that is highly regarded and and and, and you know solo players really like it uh, well, there's, you know, and I'll, I'll look for one that has a solo game out of the box because there's a guy, Mike Mullins, uh, that's pretty much right now he's becoming world renowned for being the guy that comes up with solo variants for games oh, wow. on Twitter. He's, uh, he's been, it's like, it seems like every game that comes out, they've got a little thing from him in the back of the book that's like, hey, here's a solo variant from Mullins. And <laughs> what does he say? Hey, you know what'd be cool? <laughs> you played this game by yourself. <laughs> you know, because I could do that. Yeah, right. Well, it's so funny because publishers keep sending them games then. and saying, uh, hey, come up with a solo. See, see what you can do to come up with a solo event. Loneliest yeah. man in the world. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, well, Dan, do you feel like hanging around with us for a little bit since we're yeah, uh, sure. just Why two men just for funsies? Yeah. Uh, great. Out. We'll hang in there. Uh, if you don't mind, I'd love no, to. No, no, no. I'd love to have you around. Um, let's, uh, let's get into some of these news stories here. Elder Scrolls Online got hit with big uh, layoffs. Zenimax says they will continue to invest heavily in the game even though that happened. Uh, here's their quote. As is the norm for games of this type. I love that they preempt all this with that statement. Uh, except for BlizzCon, or except for freaking WoW is what they should say. Although they even had like a 600-person layoff, what, two years ago? It just took a right, lot right. longer for any of that to happen. Um, they ramped up in people a lot longer than they did actually get rid of anybody. So it's, you know, pretty much if you're in the MMO market and you've been out for about two months, 
layoff news is always on the heels. Always. Zooming. As in the, as is the norm for games like this, we had ramped up for a large workforce to develop a game of a vast scale and ramped up our customer service to handle the expected questions and community needs of the Elder Scrolls Online launch. This is according to Bethesda VP and PR uh, and marketing dude, whatever, Pete Hines. He told this to Joystick. Uh, quote, now that we are nearly six months post-launch, we have a thriving community in a game that runs smoothly. Then goes on to say, and eh, we're firing a bunch of people. So uh, that's that's what's going on with those guys. Uh, in similar news or related news, Wildstar is moving to mega servers. This is a positive spin on, again, the same tale, which is, hey, we're an MMO. We've been out for a few months, and it's time to uh, merge servers because low population is a problem. So uh, they're taking their low pop servers and some of their high pop servers and just merging them uh, and creating. That, that happened really fast. I I didn't really. I didn't think it happened that half fast. Well, the, mean, in this one, they are they are aiming for some technology that will let this thing be, become basically a mega server, which is a lot what uh, Elder Scrolls is doing, right, um, right. and Eve and others. Um, they're just trying to. They're just trying to stay, you know, liquid. You're just trying to. Just trying to keep from, you know. Oh, I don't blame them. And then the, the games have their dedicated base, and they should be serviced as such. So, uh, right. it's fine. But I always just feel a little bad. Like, well, it know. seems like everybody wants to see how much money they can possibly get before they have to shut off the, the subscription. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it's just a matter of or whatever, right? Put enough content in there for the first six months or so. Get as peak as high as you can. Then when it starts going off, say, "Hey, look, we're free to play now, but sure. we still have some things you want to buy sure. and make those things really good." Sure, sure, and that's fine. I think that's an okay path to take. You do what you have to do. You're you're in the shadow, the long shadow of Warcraft. That's this is the way you behave beneath that shadow. Um, and that shadow, while it may even be shrinking, it's exponentially larger than anything you're doing right now so you have to live within that ecosystem and survive the best way you can which reminds me there was news today there's a chance the people who own the rights to city of heroes brian those guys are gonna let fans have the core uh code base and build no, the game get again. out of here yeah yeah that's that's great how cool is that now it's rumor at this point i don't think any of this is official but uh that could be that could be spatial Right, I would definitely jump back in at least. To, if not, if they did nothing but extract the superhero creation process and let you fly around in a little <laughs> sandbox area, that'd be all I'd really, I really agree, want. Agree, because that's all you wanted anyway out of that. Game. Right, just hanging out in a little sandbox area and go look cool crap I built. Look at Check this. It out. Mm, I can fly. I've got special <laughs> flying abilities. I'm Ice Woman. I look just like the Hulk or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> that game was great for that. Um, but I'm not the Hulk. Character stuff. I don't know how. I mean, I don't remember what it looks like. But does it look okay, or does it, it look like it looks crap? All right. I mean, no, it's not. It's not the worst thing you ever seen. But it's not. It's certainly not up to par to what what we have today. I mean, yeah, it looks about like the time it was created. It was. It was okay. Cutting edge technology then. Yeah. Not so much now. All not right. so much now. Well, now you put it into the hands of some creative people that have the love for the game, and you could only imagine what can come of that. Well, I'm right. a giant, you, I'm a giant fan of letting people make mods and build stuff from your game. I mean, it's it's the underpinnings of the success of the some of the games you see today as the dominant genres. And they had these these times in their past, whether it's shooters with Quake and Doom and you know uh, Unreal or whatever, when they open up Pandora's box and let anybody anywhere make whatever the hell they want to make. Uh, there are many games we play now that are basically the children of mods that came from those games. And I think encouraging that, whether it's just straight up modding or if it's something like, hey, this dead old game is now yours to play with. We're not making money on it anyway. It's just sitting here. 
that that's awesome. Put it in the hands of creative people and they'll make something neat. It's like that that multiplayer mod for Just Cause 2. That's insane what that thing is. It's crazy right, right. and that ain't that's not an official thing, but the but the company said, "Yeah, sure, use it." You know? That more of that, please. Please, please. Yeah. Well, didn't um Star Wars Galaxies do something similar to that and but it was like only the people that had original keys could get into the new community. Uh, so Galaxies, yes. What was that though? Was it the It was it wasn't the existing game. It was some other... Well, I thought it was some sort of infrastructure of the game where then, but Maybe. only people that could get into that little server after the fact, and they kept, uh, you know, they, they kept making updates to it and fixed it, but it was only like people that could actually, you know, that had bought the game previously and could basically prove it or something like that to get that's in there. Interesting. But, I mean, that, that that's interesting. That's, really yeah. that's pretty typical of Lucas back in that time, LucasArts. Really, was it? Yeah, they, they even even all the way to today. It's like ah, you and your stupid. I have crap. such a love hate for that game because I loved its attempt to um, be truly sandboxy mm-hmm. and build whatever the hell you wanted, but there was no direction in it. You just felt like you were wandering around and not know what to do. Have you ever seen a game that had more potential that, that crapped on itself more than Galaxies? No. Uh, well, let's back, let me back that up. Sims. Or Sims, the new Sim City did that. It took a bit. It looked like it could have been amazing, and then it took a giant dump on itself, right in its own face. <laughs> and uh, they're still trying to recover from that. That was a giant mess. I'm trying to think of others where it was that catastrophic. But I think you're right. In the long haul, if you're going to make this evaluation, probably Galaxies. Um, I would go very different now, wouldn't it? I think. Hell, mm-hmm. I even think Old Republic could go different now that Disney and other people are involved. I think you could have. Right. You certainly would have more money to do stuff longer and not feel like you had to rush it to market. And, you know, there's a lot of things they could have done. Could have. Yeah, and, and it got a lot of hype early, too. Oh, yeah. You know, and it, it was a ton of fun early. And then it was just like something just happened. You're like, well, uh, let's go back to WoW. Back to WoW, everybody. <laughs> we got a new expansion or something. We'll go do that. Brian's cow still down in that ravine. We got to get him out. <laughs> Moo. All right. You know, you're talking about, um, yeah. You, you know, you were talking about ES Online. Um, it's just a matter of these games. You look at some of these games like League of Legends, which is free to play to begin with, and they are just bathing in money. And all the the only thing that they really offer is is skins and stuff like that for pay, and you know, and to boost and stuff, and, and and unlocking characters. And they still make it. I mean, I've been playing League for a couple of years now, and I mean, not really very well at it, but I mean, I still here and there I'll put money in there to buy some skins. But I I would rather not pay a subscription game. But yet, I'll still throw some money back at things. No, they you know, figured it out. Things that I enjoy. They figured it's it amazing. out. They're they're the four. They're one of the forefronts of, of this of how to make freemium work. And um, there's plenty of examples where it works. I mean, there there are lots and lots of examples. Even on mobile, there's plenty of good examples of how it does work. But there are plenty of really bad examples on mobile as well, where you're just like, you guys are nickel and diming me, and you are bastards. Um, one of the coolest games I played. I cannot remember the name. In fact, if I still have it installed, I can tell you. Uh, let's see, something RPG gem, something, something. <laughs> RPG gem. There's so something, many games, something. dude. So many games, you just forget the names. Uh, I may have deleted it. Generator plot. I think I did delete it. Anyway, 
Jury. Oh, by the way, speaking of a game that was kickstarted as a board game, and I think it still is one, but also digital versions, uh, you should be playing Star Realms, everybody. That Holy game. cow, I was going to bring that up this episode Game's for you. It's really good, dude. It's really, really good. It's yeah. a little random, but it's really good, and it's free. Yeah, I love it. Oh. It's free? How is yeah. a board game free? Do you print out yourself? No, or no, you no, 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 game no, 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 I'm sorry, the uh, iOS the the board version. Only about, it's only 15 bucks. Yeah, it's, it's on really Android as well, I believe. Um, but it's just, that is a tight, fun little deck builder game it's really yep. really well done you know the uh, game that i was pitching a while ago that it, one of my favorite games is ascension chronicle of the god slayer oh, yeah, yeah. Right, one of right. the devs for that is who made star realms he kind of came from stoneblade entertainment and actually oh, made that's right because he was kind of a big deal uh previous to that project yep and they both all the guys from, from uh stoneblade were all like magic pros and then they made the uh, ascension and then now they he kind of went on his own a little bit. I think he still works for Stoneblade, but he went on his own and made Star Realms. And that game is just, it's amazing how much they've sold at Origins and Gen Con. Yeah. I mean, there was just this huge pile, you know, in a booth, just a huge pile. And by the end, it was just In a gone. booth. In a booth. In a, oh, yeah. Scott, I'll have to definitely challenge you on that because that's one of my favorite games yeah. right now. Star I like Realms. it. It's great. It's such a fun alternative to, if, if you know, people are getting a little tired of, uh, of uh, Hearthstone or, you know, whatever popular uh, deck building, aka or, or slash collecting game that may exist on uh, on mobile platforms. It's a real breath of fresh air, and it's on the phone, which is nice. You can kind of move around and play it in two different ways. Well, and games take so I oh, mean, they're, they're so they're short, quick, and they feel epic. And this the cards are insane. I'm not very good. Like I I suck. I'll, I'll admit. I'll throw that out there and be truthful about it. I'm terrible. So if you and I do play, I'll get murdered. But it's okay because I'm having a good time. The game's really fun. Well, I'll give you I'll give you a little tip from when it comes to deck building stuff. Try to cull your deck as much as possible. Get those card get those cards in your deck that can trash other cards. Yeah, that's one of the things you got to try to do in almost all deck builders. All right. Well, that's and good so, advice. Damn it. It is. Uh, real quick, we got a topic no, let's, in here. Let's, you want to skip let's, it? Let's, yeah, let's save the topic for next week. All right, we'll it's, save it. It's a, it's a good beefy topic. It's a beefy one. We'll skip. Here's what we'll do next episode. We'll skip all news and go straight to this meaty topic. Unless there's really good news. Well, then we'll talk about that briefly. Like uh, it's funny because uh, <laughs> both PAX and DragonCon came and went, and uh, PAX specifically, which is you know obviously video game related, had very little in the way of news, uh, game news. So that's why we didn't cover much of that. That was just mostly Expo stuff, and they didn't really nothing was there was nothing really broken there. Although that new Super Meat Boy sequel, mobile sequel, mm, Super Meat, Meat Boy, Boy Adventures or whatever, or Ultimate, whatever it is. That got announced, and that looks real good, and I can't wait to play it. And I think they showed some more of the uh, the new heroes coming up for uh, Heroes of the Storm. Yeah, they did do that. That's true. Blizzard did that. Heroes of the Storm. Yeah, that I'm um, I'm loving. I've been in the uh, the alpha for that, and I don't know if you guys are even still playing that at all. But uh, I'm but not a ton. I, I kind of I'm in that mode of like uh, I just want this to be released so I can play it for real mode. You know, I do that. Mm-hmm. I do that with betas from from uh, Blizzard every time I install one. <laughs> It doesn't matter for which game either. Like the Diablo beta or the PTR, I played that for a little bit. Went, nope, going to wait for the release uh, or whatever. And yeah, right now though, man, Diablo's eating my soul. It's so good. It's It's unbelievable how good good it is. Gosh dang it, it's the best thing they've ever made. All right. Yeah, you heard me, people. You heard me. And I can't decide whether I want to keep playing a PC or keep playing a console. I know. It's a different feels, but they're so good. It's the first, like you said, it's the first game I've ever wanted to play on both. Yeah, you're, you're okay crossing over. It doesn't feel weird to do that or wasteful or anything. It just feels like a, it's interesting enough experience. It's got that hook of dropping crap that I want all the time. Like It's just <laughs> great. It's just great. They've nailed it. I, they, that team and the, the, the lead uh, dude that took over from the last guy, they deserve just huge amounts of credit. 
You know, normally I'm like you. I, I don't ever want anything spoiled in a real game, so I really usually hate betas. Yeah. There's the, the difference with Heroes is it's just more or less getting better at the game than what I could be because it's not really not really spoiling a whole lot. Like if I hate, I wouldn't, I didn't want to get into the uh, you know the WoW expansion because I'm like I, I don't want to do these quests again. I want to learn them for the first time when it's live. Yeah, I agree. I just kind of so, end up feeling every time. Uh, let's do some emails here. We got an email from Matt who says, do you think we'll see more developers trying to make up pay in apps as well? Or I think he meant us pay in app as well as initial purchase of mobile apps. In other words, you know, here's a $4 app. Plus we're going to make you pay extra money if you want to play it the way it should be played or whatever, uh, which they do exist already. Uh, would you find yourself disappointed by a developer acting this way? If so, what would you do about it? Have you ever felt misled by a developer like this? Love the shows, Matt. Uh, yes. And when I, that happens to me, I shame on them and then I don't buy it again or I'll shame on me. In other words, your money is what matters. You know, people worry that, oh, there's free to play stuff and they're, they're ruining video games. No, 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 no. You will still determine what happens here. If a game is extremely successful financially and it's a free to play game where you're microtransacting people, there's, that means it's good and that that model works. So we can rail against it all we want, but if it's working, it's working. If a game's egregious about it and it's terrible, that game will not succeed because people won't pay to play it. So to me, it works itself out. This is there's no nobody needs to step in and say stop this madness. The madness will work itself right, out. Right. We're at a weird period where you know it seems a little haphazard, but we'll get past it. It'll right. be fine. And in it is it's only a problem if there's something that crosses usually it's stuff that crosses over with other addictions so like if you have a video game addiction where you play those little poker machines and stuff and they kind of inject that into some kind of game on an app that requires purchases and stuff and you tap into that addiction of people maybe there's a problem but for the most part like scott said it kind of works itself out you know if if it's not if it's not content worth having, then people just won't buy it. Yep. Uh, Dan, any thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I'm the same way. You know, when it comes to, they're so popular right now, the in-app purchases, and so many do it so bad, and so many do it so well now. You're wondering why most of these other companies don't go, okay, well, let's look at who's really done it well. Like EA's got, got that thing. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I think they said that made more money than any other game they ever released. Yeah. So, yeah. All these other companies that are really doing it bad should say, wait, we, we should take a page over from how they're doing it and see how that gateway with getting some, you know, a couple of dollars here and there by millions of people works better than what we're so trying if, to do. And it's if obviously we had not Homer good. Simpson, if we had Homer Simpson buying donuts in our game, we could really, well, uh, yes, but also up. it's the model. So the same company put out Dungeon Keeper, a much loved classic game originally by Molyneux and his people and re-released this, you know, weird new, version for ios and it was terrible yeah i thought we would never speak of that again yeah we shouldn't i mean it's like (laughs) the primeval rise out of the ground and devour us if i mention it one more time i can't say it three times like candy man it'll be bees in its mouth anyway (laughs) the point is that uh that game it was a terrible implementation of payment models terrible by all accounts and it failed rightly so quickly too an ugly demise. And how they didn't fix it. I'm, I'm surprised they didn't fix it right away when it when it got such bad backlash. They could have been like, "All right, we'll we'll do it the right way now." Yeah, and the, it's really hard to you know that first impression is a hard thing to overcome. Some people can do it, but it's really really hard to deal with. I mean, even Dungeon the Dungeon series, Dungeon One and Two. I love those games, but that second game launched with terrible microtransaction stuff attached to it. It was really bad, and people backlashed. 
they did the right thing and went back and worked on it, reworked it, put it back out, and it's so much better now. But that first impression lost them players. It's just the way that stuff works. So it just works itself out. I mean, I know it's frustrating. There are times when you're just like, ugh, I don't want to do this this way or whatever. The market will work itself out. It always does. That's why you got to remember to always kind of check back. If it's a game that you really want it to be good, but it but the payments suck, just check back with it after a while and see if it's changed anything at all. I agree. Tidy Tidy Tonic wrote in on Twitter and said, "Hey, have you guys played Gang Beasts yet? Awesome general game or couch game rather uh, on Steam." I have no idea what this game is. What the hell is hmm. it, Brian? Do you know what it is? I haven't. Seen, I was I was looking it up earlier, and uh, apparently you can play it everywhere, whether it be and it looks like little it looks like little meeples or something, man. What do you think, Dan? Little little meeples. I'm um, pulling it up right now. Let me see. Uh, it does look like little meeples running it's around. Like, looks like little meeples, little sack people running around. It's uh, it's it's described as a silly local multiplayer party game with doughy ragdoll physics and horrific environment ha- environmental hazards. So we're probably talking about a little bit of, you know, a little bit of physics games. It looks like there's a, there's some involvement with uh with balance, maybe a little bit. So it looks like a little bit of a co-op there. Little little coop play. It's fifteen bucks early access. It looks interesting. I can looks interesting. Check that out. I just don't have a couch in front of my computer. I don't know if it looks fifteen bucks interesting, but it does look interesting. Yeah, that's what I was <laughs> thinking. Definitely, definitely looks meeple interesting. You know, it, and it, it looks, looks like demo interesting. Yeah, right. It looks like it looks like you're. Uh, well, first of all, I guess you the gang part of it must be because you're different colors, and it looks like you're destroying each other. Like the eighties, man. That's how you knew the gangs right. in the eighties. They're all different colors, man. Well, yeah, in movies, they were like theme gangs, you know, where theme games. What was the baseball one in uh, Warriors? What were they called? The Warriors. Yeah, <laughs> they were called I, the something. The, the Beaters. No, it was the something Swingers the or sluggers? Sluggers. 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 That's it. Something something Sluggers. Ah, oh, crap. Something something was Sluggers. sluggers? Uh, something like that. It was know. super dumb. Worse than the jet, the Jets and the what were they in West Side Story? The Jets <laughs> the and the, the Jets. Sharks and the Jets. Oh my sharks gosh! Well, I just I just lost a little cred knowing that. Yeah, you or gained some with somebody. <laughs> Somebody's happy to hear it. Uh, Humfredo sent a tweet from his Windows phone, which is awesome. Uh, says TFS show. I don't mean the phone's awesome. It's just awesome. We have a fan who's using one for some reason. Thanks for being the video game podcast for the rest of us. Need you this week as other game sites are the worst right now. What does he mean by that? Is it because you know what it was? It was all that poly polygon stuff going on that was people just hating. Uh, on I don't know if it was that. I think it was that there was that big controversy about games journalism and that I can't yeah. remember her name. It was the misogyny. All that, yeah, all that I avoided stuff that on. stuff yeah. like it didn't happen. You know why? Mm-hmm. Because in my world it didn't, and I wasn't going to armchair social uh, so, uh, the psychology that thing. I was not right. going to be one of everybody because part of the problem I have with that is a are these real issues, serious issues? Absolutely, they are. Should they overtake all video game coverage? No. Should they be right. something that uh, is discussed? Absolutely. How about by people who know stuff? Yes. How about not by everybody else trying to get link bait and headlines? F that business. I was like, you know what? I am A, no expert on this. B, what's the, there's, no, I want to play video games. Let's right. talk about games. Someone else can work on that one because that's not a problem I have. So they can have that problem <laughs> and they can fix it. But I'm going to talk about, you know, two treasure goblins pooping out That's awesome right. loot. <laughs> I saw the headline. I was like, oh, look, let's go play Diablo. Yeah, let's, I don't want to do this anymore. Uh, let's see. And so, Humfredo, I'm glad you found us uh, to be a nice respite away from that. 
Uh, and then finally, Dan Delan Dan 78 or something to that Dan, effect. Dan DeHaan. Dan DeHaan says, listening to TFS show 169, uh, 169, really want to see loot poop become an illustration. Uh, <laughs> and then he says, hashtag soul patch, which is great. What was yeah. the loot poop? I don't remember what we said. Uh, we were talking about, uh, oh, I forget. We were definitely talking about a Diablo type of mechanic, and I forget. It was something. Probably Diablo. Probably. We'll have to go back and, yeah. Was it the tre- Treasure Goblin? Maybe. We're talking about the- probably. We talked about that earlier during the show, but I think this was from last week. This is yeah, he's season. always pooping loot, though. That's what his job is. Yeah. He poop should be looter. called the Loot Poop Goblin. I think you were talking about him running around. Oh, maybe. Did I? I think pooping, that's pooping gold? Yeah. yeah, pooping gold, baby. All right, let's do this. It's time to kick it old school. That's a chance for us to talk about an old video game, one that we either are fond of or hate or wish never existed or wish was back. And that game today is, I'll let you people home decide, Speedball 2 Brutal Deluxe 1990. It is the first speedball league founded in 2095. That's what it's about, this fake future sport thing, right? Future sport, which is... Right, right. Uh, it failed dur- dur- uh, due to violence and corruption. As the organization gives place to anarchy, the game is forced underground. But five years later, in an attempt to regain public interest, Speedball 2 is born. And that's the year 2105. Wow, that's funny. Uh, and it's got, it's, 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 see, it's got a new term, Brutal Deluxe, which sounds like the worst hamburger you could order. Yes. <laughs> um, it was on the Acorn Archimedes. Yeah, I remember that device, that uh, computer, rather. Uh, the Atari ST, Amiga, Amiga CD32, PC, Commodore 64, NES, NES, it rather. It was on everything. Master System, uh, Mega Drive, let's see, Game Boy, Game Boy Advance. First version in 1990 for the Atari ST is the most recent version of the GBA in 2002. Good gosh, man. Right? <laughs> that game made the rounds. Uh, they must have been giving it away. Is it any good, though, Brian? What the hell is going on with it? Absolutely is not. Did you ever see the movie Rollerball? Yeah, of course, Of course you did, because we watched mm-hmm. it for film sec. Yep. And, uh, yeah, so it's kind of like that. It's, it's, it's basically a very oh, simple, I remember it now. It's a simple game. You can yep, you basically go up, down, right, left. I totally attack. remember this now. I'm looking at some of the screens. This is totally, oh, yeah. I have a memory of this game. Yeah, it was yeah, it was during that phase, like late nineties or late eighties, early nineties to mid nineties. There was this this thing with future sports, right? And, and you've been much better served by picking up maybe a hockey game yeah. or something like that. But you did have the ability to throw a metal ball. For some reason, there were like stars on the side of the field that are marked off, kind of like a football field, and you're kind of wearing a somewhat of a football uniform. This all futuristic. And uh, it's like all the sports games from that time. There's a little bit of a catch-up mechanic because I sucked really hard playing this. And there's a little, there's a less play if you if you go into the show notes, you'll see that I played this. This is you and playing. I it. was this is playing me playing it now, and I I we I played it horribly. Let's play a little and, sound uh, for us. Did goes. you make his head bleed? Ooh, I hope so. Work. <laughs> image works presents. Oh gosh. Yeah, you can fast forward to about. Well, minutes of is this the is this the Genesis version? Because that sounds like a Genesis sound chip. I, actually, I, I played it on the uh, DOS box. DOS box. Wow. So it was a DOS version. It sounds just it. like it. That is such a that is so Genesis sounding. Hey, but you know, in 1990, this wasn't that bad of a game. Just it, just looking back, going, wow. Well, here's the gameplay. Let's see if we can get some sound. Get ready. 
Get ready. Here's the ball. Okay. All right. Okay, here comes the ball, yo. All right. Throw it in the hole. Oh, this would not hold up now. You know mm. what, though? This just makes me want more. F- um, remember, I mean, alternate sports games are some of my favorites. I loved um, uh, Mutant League football like nothing else. Oh, yes. Yes. I'd play that right now if I had it. You can. <sighs> I don't have a Genesis anymore, dude. What do you need a Genesis for? We have emulators now. I don't have. We, uh, you can fit. You can fit the power of a Genesis like on your dumb phone. You know what? I don't have a dumb phone though. I have a, right, really, I I have a really cool phone. Really smart <laughs> you, you know what phone. this feels like? Looking at it, watching the gameplay, it almost feels like the precursor to like remember NHL '94, uh, oh, like yeah. Yeah. one right, of the most right. popular ones. I mean, it it has that smooth feel to you know look to it. I'm sure. It, it probably didn't play as well as Dude, we remember. I loved it, a good hockey game. And I'll tell you what, 94, NHL 94, and I had the Sega CD version of that. Whoa. The best hockey game I ever played, I think. Absolutely. Oh, awesome. Oh, gosh. I'd play it right now if I could. And you know what? I'm hearing a lot of good things about this new hockey game from EA. I know I don't say a lot of nice things about EA, but I do love me some hockey, and they're kind of the, the king of the hill with the hockey games. Uh, I, may, I may pick that up. Uh, well, I have the last two from, uh, from NHL in... Uh, and my son plays a lot. He's he's seven, and I like to fancy myself a pretty good gamer. But he kicks the snot out of me at an NHL fourteen. Mm-hmm. Those one shots, dude. You got to watch out for your kids. I love a good hockey game. Oh my gosh, you're making me crave one. Now screw speedball too. Go get hockey. Uh, but that's it, Steve. Steve ball. Speedball two. <laughs> Steve ball. Don't play Steve ball. Steve ball's the worst. Oh, Steve. Uh, available not now, but you can get it. You probably could get it on your DD, uh, your DDS. Uh, this is this is actually considered abandonware, so you can get this uh, online. And uh, and Bandamania is think is maybe where I picked it up from. When you say abandonware, like literally, you can take it and like skin it and make your own game, or what? Well, it's abandoned, meaning that you can do whatever you want to with it because no one's going to come say anything because uh, nobody gives a rat's ass. It seems ass. crazy with all the platforms it was on as recently right? as 2002. And then have, wait, that couldn't have been DS in 2002. What, that's Maybe. not possible. Before the DS came out. Uh, that would have been, did I say DS? Yeah, I did. It was Game Boy Advance. Sorry. Right. My fault. My bad. You're bad. Yeah. GBA Oopsie. Uh, all right, there's your there's your old game, and that, ladies and gentlemen, is a show. Dan, it was a huge pleasure having you hang out with us today. Hey, it was a lot of fun, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, we'll do it again uh, next week. Geek, geek, I say geek, geek, <laughs> geek, geek jock geek. blog on Twitter. Uh, yes, sir. And uh, you do a really cool podcast. You want to tell people about that? Thanks a lot. It's called The Geek All Stars. We uh, we just recorded an episode last night. It should be up early next week. We talked about all the games that came out at uh, of Gen Con and what we've played since Gen Con. So there's a lot of really good games. Uh, and I've got a few more up my sleeve to uh, to tell you guys in the future. But uh, we'll we'll save that for, for for another one. But it should uh, it should release. We've got a couple of interviews coming up this week that I'm going to do to put in there. But uh, check out The Geek All Stars on on iTunes or Stitcher. That sounds great. I like a good tease. That's pretty awesome. Uh, Brian Dunaway, anything you'd like to tell anyone about? Absolutely. Check out Comics Coast to Coast, where we interview cartoonists like Scott Johnson. Oh, I did uh, two, I did episode 200, and I loved it. You, you did, and we're already on 212. Jeez, you've had 12 episodes since then? 13, actually. Watch we'll post another one. How long ago was that? 
That was only a couple months ago. We've done one every week since we've talked to you. Well, so that's because you guys are consistent. That many weeks, yeah. 13 weeks. Consistent and dedicated to quality pod, uh, podcasting. Podcasting? Podcasting. <laughs> Stick it right up in your prod. <laughs> uh, that's going to do it for us. Thank you all for being here. Uh, what else do we have to tell you? Maybe these things right here. Uh, email us, podcast at finalscoreshow.com. You can find us on the web at finalscoreshow.com. Big thanks to Paul Swicker for keeping that up. Twitter is a place we can be found as well. Uh, Nicole's bag for Nicole, who should be back next time. The, the Brian Dunaway, Brian, me at Scott Johnson, and the show at TFS Show. That'll do it for us, for me, for Brian, for Nicole, and for the geek jock blog himself, Dan Patrice. We'll see you guys next time. Play yeah. some games. Beware the spider. Hello, Cammie. Hey, Mike. Are you ready for another episode of The College Gamers? Why, yes I am. And what game are we playing this week? Well, this week we played a game called Limbo. Are you talking about the party game? No, I'm talking about a video game. Are you talking about the indie platform puzzle game on Steam? Yes, I am. The game with the really dark art? Yes, beautiful, beautiful art, but it's very dark and extremely morbid. And graphic at times while just staying black and white. Yeah, it's very scary. Very simple art, but very, very scary. Cry, baby. Uh, Hey, you said you weren't going to tell them that. Okay, all right, I cried. All right, but it was scary. It's a very dark story. She cried when the spider speared her. It was vicious. The story in this game is very simple, but can be very deep. It can be very deep. It's an allegory, which means that there's a story within the story. Um, Cammie, I don't think the listeners are here for an English lesson. Well, I just thought they might want to know. Anyway, it's a story about a young boy who enters limbo who's searching for his lost sister. And there are many other ways that you can delve deeper into that story. This game has won so many awards. It's just too many to listen to the segment right now. Which I'm surprised because I didn't like the game. Really? What rating would you give it? Um, a 3 out of 10. That's because you're a crybaby. It's because it's really too dark. Okay, I don't think that it's a bad game. I'm not insulting the game. I just think it's not a game fit for everyone. I give it a 7 out of 10 because I like the story. I like... Horror? I like the game. <laughs> anyway, it's nine ninety nine on Steam. It's for PC, Mac, Linux, and it's for iOS. You can get it on your iPhone or tablet for two ninety nine. so it's cheaper on there. So I can get it for my iPad? Yes, if you never want to sleep again. Yeah, sounds like a great plan. Anyway, you can follow me on Twitter at BlueCows with a Z. (laughs) All right. Bye, everybody. See y'all. Welcome to the Indie Investigations Indie Game of the Week segment. My name is James Bartholomew, and today I'm going to tell you about the one best indie video game released this week. Growing up, I always wanted to play Super Bowl on my GameCube.
never actually got a chance to play any of them in the demo. Since then, I've been fascinated by games that feature a character with a speed. The connects of this genre of game never feel flex is required to make the turns and jumps inherited to the genre. This week's Game of the Week run by Tiny Lab Productions captures these things perfectly. When combined with the objective of each, it's a fantastic arcade experience. Each level has the same main objective of reaching the end goal and reaching the end goal is the same in each roll towards the goal. Scoring the three stars however changes the three game modes, providing you with a challenge. First one of these is haste mode, which is all about getting to the end. If you pick up coins and keys and the tracks you go, you score. It's nice and simple. The second mode, puzzle, gives and says, hey bud, go collect the keys and coins, get them all, and it's not more relaxed than haste, but still challenges the player's ability to think and plan a path. The final game mode, hazard, combines both of these. You have to reach the end of the level quickly, but also plan routes and hole around holes and barriers to get there without dying. This is the hardest game mode and seriously challenges the player's reflexes and quick. With only four lives per level, this gets tricky and can and has lead to rage quit. The good thing is that respawn time is incredibly low. Musically, Orberun features a great electronic soundtrack, at least the first two songs. The other songs in the soundtrack just don't exist. And this sort of game seriously needs to have a large soundtrack or you get bored of listening to it. So a major problem for Orberun was it gets boring to listen. That said, the songs in the game currently are great. On top of that, the art style is super clean and makes the game robotic. It works well and feels right. On top of these points, the player can collect coins which can then be used to upgrade the robot he's with new skins and even these robots don't have stats but all very cosmetically, providing a little more for the players to work towards when collected three stars. I recommend playing Orbo Run if you're a fan of fast playing games. If you're like me and have a hankering for some this is a great game to play if you want to do something for ten or fifteen minutes. But we warned it has one major addictive it's one of those games that makes you want to play one more level all the time. Because levels are super short. Orberum will leave on Steam on the 5th of September, and you should definitely pick it up if you like arcade games. I am Atiagavos on Twitter, and you can find more of this content at www.initiativecheck.com. This was a small segment of Indie Investigations, a podcast that interviews indie game devs about the development process and what it's like to make a game. All my music is written and performed by Johnny Feinstein. You can email indieinvestigations at gmail.com if you have anything you'd like to add or ask. Thank you very much for listening. Frogpants.com. Audio program so good, it's like you're there.